Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I'm going to talk to you about something that I actually uh, began to speak to my kids about yesterday. And, but it's something that's kind of uh, weighed up on me and, and kind of developed um, as a result of some events that have taken place this year. And so I want to talk to you um, this morning about greater. Look at your neighbor and say greater. We love that word greater. Amen. Amen. How many believe that your greatest year that you could ever imagine is less than what, what, what day are we in? 28th. Okay, we got like about, uh, anyway, I don't know how many hours that is. We're, we're about four days away from the greatest year that you could have ever imagined in your entire life. How many believe that? How many really, really believe that? Don't, don't, don't be lying to me, okay? We're in church. We're in church. Some folks are like, we're not, how many really, really believe that? Let's see those pearly whites. Come on, somebody. You've gone through some struggles, you've gone through some stuff, but you, you know, your team has lost, 49ers, um, to the Raiders, amen, amen, come on somebody, <laughs> Kaepernick needs Jesus, amen, amen, claiming it on his arms, but living it differently, anyway, anyway, I'm just, I'm going to leave it right there, I'm getting on the Niner fans, I'm sorry folks, that's why it's so important to be real. Okay, it's so important. And I, like Pastor Dan said, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real, real. Okay, amen. Let's keep it 100. Amen. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. I believe that you really are heading into the best life, into the best year of your, your entire life. Heading into 2015, despite what you have gone through, you are heading into the most amazing time of your life. I had a, a talk with one of my brothers over here, and, and he was telling me, I said, how was your Christmas? And he was just like, man, he goes, it was the best Christmas that I've ever had. And then he's talking about, you know, long, fa- uh, long uh, lost uh, family members who were not around previous years, and they were here this year, and, and you know, and he, it was just the greatest year that he's ever had Christmas. And, and he says, but I say that all the time. And I'm just like, man, you know what? I want to say that too. I want to say that every year. And, and I believe we can. I believe that you're created to live extraordinary. I believe that the most extraordinary opportunities, the most extraordinary risks, the most extraordinary faith that you could ever use are, are less than four days away from you. You're getting ready to start a new season, a new chapter, a new year. And, and you know what? God has lined it up to be extraordinary. I believe you're not supposed to live an average life. I believe that you're supposed to be extraordinary, not mediocre. I believe that we're supposed to live with passion and with purpose and and with something that, that drives us every single day and reminds us that there's more to life than what we see and there's more to life than what we have in our hand and there's more to life than what we could possibly imagine. I, I think that we need to live life every day with a sense of urgency, with a sense of eternity, that everything that we do here on this earth matters and it counts in eternity. I think that... You guys like that movie, uh, Gladiator, huh? What's that part? What's that line? Because it's, it's, it's fumbling in my mind right now. What we do in this life echoes in eternity. There's nothing wrong with ordinary. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with ordinary. 
There's nothing wrong with ordinary. If you're living it, if you're in it, if that's all you see, there's nothing wrong with ordinary. How many of you have ever been to Sizzler? Sizzler's got a pretty good steak, right? Pretty good steak. I've never had a dry steak at Sizzler. Okay, it cost me like $12, and it's this small. But it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a Sizzler steak, right? I mean, I'm going to Sizzler. And if Sizzler's your favorite place, I'm not trying to cap on you, okay? I'm just saying there's something better. Last week, I was at, you know, a Brazilian barbecue with Pastor Dan. I've been to Brazilian barbecue a number of times with Pastor Dan. Three out of the four times that I've ever been to a Brazilian barbecue spot has been with Pastor Dan. First time it was in Dallas. It was our first time. We were with Bishop. They have white tablecloths. They come and they serve you with a skewer. And they tell you, do you like filet mignon? You know, I'm like, yeah. And, and they, 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 they slice it right there, right? It's bacon wrapped. I mean, filet mignon. Come on, somebody. They have this, these great choice cuts of meat. And they come and they deliver them to you. And they're hot. And they're dripping with a little bit of juice and blood, you know. But, and, and, you know, the first time that Pastor Dan and I went out and we ate, it was about 9 o'clock at night. God, why did we do that? that i got sick that night and we we you know we we um i was having a hard time breathing even i just had to go take a walk after and i'm telling you i looked at that tablecloth after we got done and it looked like jurassic park i mean there was blood everywhere it was like these carnivores showed up i mean we had a long flight from cal uh, from california to dallas it was crazy but they have these these choice cuts at these brazilian steakhouses unbelievable they got one, I think, out here now called Fuga de Chao. And I, I need to go. That's the next one, Pastor Dan. My treat this time. Okay. And so, oh, you already been there? Without me? Oh, oh for free? Oh, come on, somebody. That's good. Take it. Take it. I would have left me too. <laughs> I've been to four of these places in four different cities. And I've had some amazing, amazing, amazing cuts. And if you hang out with my brother, we don't stop. They have this little card, and it's green as keep bringing them. Mas, 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 mas. Red means no, 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 no. The card never goes red on my brother's side. When if you sit to, next to my, the guy's looking at my brother, and he just knows I'm bringing it to him. He just, he just wants it. You know, chicken hearts? Yep, chicken hearts. They, you know, he doesn't like the chicken hearts, though. So. Uh, I've been to these, these, what I'm trying to get at is this. I've been to these Brazilian barbecue spots, and I've never, ever, ever, looked for a sizzler steak at a Brazilian steakhouse, ever. And I think that when it comes to life, that you and I have to have that same type of attitude, that you and I have to have that same type of passion and purpose and energy and drive in our spirit, that you know what, that despite what I see right now, it may look like a Sizzler-style marriage or a Sizzler-style, you know, home or a Sizzler-style car, but you got to understand and know that God has greater destined for your life. Where is the Brazilian barbecue God? Amen? God, where's the filet mignon car? Where's the filet mignon wife? Anyway, I'm just playing with I got a filet mignon wife, okay? Wrap her in bacon. Anyway, anyway. Bacon spray. Break bacon spray. 
So why would we settle for ordinary? What do you want, Sizzler or the barbecue from Brazil? When it comes to life, when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your home, when it comes to, to your career, to your business, to your dreams, to your vision, to your goal, I don't want an average vision. I want an extraordinary vision. I don't want an average home. I don't want an average wife. I don't want an average marriage. I want an extraordinary wife. I want an extraordinary marriage. I want an extraordinary dream from God. Greatness is what God has called each and every single one of you to live. Here's the thing about living great. Here's the tension in all of this. Is that greatness when it comes to the kingdom often looks less. It often looks less before it looks great. A seed put in the ground is small. It looks less. But eventually, if that seed is nourished and it's taken care of and it is in the right environment, that seed becomes a tree and that tree is something massive and big. Amen? And so when it comes to the kingdom, we see all over through scripture that God can take a man and say, I'm going to take you and I'm going to make you into a great nation, even though he was old and his wife was barren. You see the story of David and Goliath. You see a man who shows up on the battlefield. He's less experienced than the giant. He has less armor than the giant. He shows up with a pea shooter. And the giant has a big old sword and a, a straight up Spartan style, you know, um, whatever you call that, shield. And, and here he is. He's less experienced. He has less hardware. He has, physically, he is less. But it's, it was all that God needed to see something great happen. Right. Jesus shows up on a scene with the loaves and the fishes. They don't have enough for the people. They they're they're running out. They're like, yo, anybody got any food stamps around here? Anybody got any food stamps? We need somebody to go to the store. Hey, man, I'll buy some food stamps off of you. But, you know, I'm not making fun of food stamps. Been there, done that. Okay, but and God is greater. Amen. But check this out. Jesus shows up on the scene where there is less And all of a sudden, and if you're in a place right now where you are lacking, where you're in a position where you're having to depend on the state or depend on somebody else, I guarantee you this, that if you give God your trust and if you walk by faith, I guarantee you God will pluck you out of lack and he'll push you into blessing and you'll begin to see the greatness and the goodness of God and you'll tell your story and your story will inspire somebody else and they will get up and they will start to get out of lack and they will become a blessing and that's the way it just keeps on going it's a snowball effect with blessing amen god is the god of greater the problem is that in the kingdom greater often looks like less but god is not just great at what he does he is just great by who he is Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 6 says that he is the God to whom no one can compare. His name and might are great. Psalm 47 verse 2 says the great king of all the earth. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1, the father of great love for his children, it is declared. 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 11, he is the God of great power, of great glory, of great victory, of great majesty and great dominion. 
Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, he is the God of great blessing. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he is the God who can do exceeding above and beyond all that you can ask for. And in Revelation chapter 19, verse 16, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can we hear it for this great God that we serve in the name of Jesus? He's a great God. He's a great God. So what does that make you? Great. Because you're made in the image of God. And so that means that you have the stuff in you that God is made out of. Did you know that when you come to Christ and you ask Christ for a new life, it doesn't matter what you came to Christ with. It doesn't matter the sin, the drugs, the alcohol, the perversion, the pride, the hurt, the anger, the bitterness. When you come to Christ, he begins to wipe the slate clean in your life. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that you become a new creation and all things have passed away. And the only thing you have is something brand new. And when you become new in Christ, you don't just get blood bought and blood washed. You get a blood transfusion and the God that we just heard about and the God that we just read about gives you a spiritual DNA into your bloodstream and all of a sudden you have the greatness of God living inside of you. That means that every time you show up to a situation, it has an opportunity to become great. That means that any time you see somebody hurting, you have the opportunity to change that situation. That means that every time you look at a problem in your marriage, in your home, that doesn't mean that it's, it's over and that you have to forget about it. That means that we have to get on our knees, baby, and go before God and trust Him because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't care what the devil's throwing at you. He may throw the kitchen sink that he bought at Orchard Supply. You give him back the name of Jesus because it's the name above all names and the name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Come on, somebody. Don't act like you haven't heard about God. Once you come to Christ, ordinary is no longer part of your DNA. Here's what happens daily as you begin to live for Christ You began to make decisions like Christ. You began to approach life like Christ, respond like Christ. You began to look like Christ. Now, we don't need no women growing no beards here. Amen. (laughs) I just had to take that one. That was a joke, folks. That was a joke. You guys can laugh. You're a little bit too serious. We began to look like Christ. Approach life like Christ. Do you know that you're the appetizer for Christ to the world? They need to see the greatness. How else will they know? How else will they know? They won't know unless we live great. So Jesus puts out this challenge. And it's found in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12. It's the only Scripture that I'm going to put up on the screen today. And this scripture, I pray that it bothers you. Like, really, really bothers you. You can't, you can't just read this scripture and be like, that's a good scripture. Amen. This scripture is meant to provoke you. This scripture is meant to bother you about how you're living life and how you're approaching life and about how you do life. 
This is Jesus saying this. We want everything like Jesus up until it costs us something. But you know what? Greater is going to cost you something. But you, it costs you greater if you don't live it. Cost the world greater if we don't live this thing called greatness. Amen. Let's listen. Listen to the scripture. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He's getting ready to um, leave to heaven. And he's giving the disciples the final charges in these these chapters in verse 13 or chapter 13, chapter 14. And um, he's basically letting them know you're, you're still not getting it. You're still not getting it. You're, you still haven't got it all the way. I think if Jesus would have put it in a nice way, he would have just said, you're still not getting it. And here's what he says. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Verse 13, you can ask anything in my name. I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Bring glory to who? Yes, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So Jesus says greater things you're going to do greater things, greater things. Now, a lot of people or most people are already planning to buy a new car just because you're hearing this message. I need a bigger car. How many need a bigger car? All right. How many need a bigger house? Bigger house. How many need a bigger bank account? Amen. Amen. Anybody? And how many need um, a smaller belly? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> just playing. I'm playing. How many need your kids to eat less? Amen. Or multiply the food. Amen. How many need that dress to go on sale at Macy's? Amen. Not me, but amen for you ladies. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? When we hear greater, we think bigger. And some of us are already planning it in our mind to get something bigger and better. We were already spending our money on a television come January 1st. Because Pastor Rant said, we got to get greater. But you know what? Let me tell you something. There is a difference between bigger and greater when it comes to talking about what we're talking about right now. When it comes to talking about bigger versus greater, bigger usually means that it's benefiting you. That it's all about you. That it's because of you. But greater, it takes you out of the picture and it puts God fully in the picture and it makes it about him. And Jesus is here and he's talking and he's saying, you know what? Listen, I tell you the truth that if you believe in me, then then you're believing in the Father and you're going to do the same works. And he says this, and you're going to do even greater works. What about greater works? I'm I'm hungry to see the church do greater works. I, I bet that we wouldn't see issues like Ferguson or things like happen in New York or kids being killed on the street if the church was just fixed on doing greater, on just living greater, on just being greater. Oh, you're not hearing me right now. I believe that that we would not see the amount of people, amount of men incarcerated in jail if men could just get their act straight, if, if women could just get their act straight and when they're married and become whole and find that, you know what, that when we're whole, then our house is whole. And when our house is whole, then our neighborhood is whole. And when our neighborhood is whole, then our church is whole. And when our church is whole, then the whole world is whole. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I think that if we just fixed our eyes on being greater for the kingdom, for God, not for you to get that brand new TV. I know you want to watch the Dallas Cowboys. 
you know that they're going to choke. Then I'm not sold out. <laughs> I know. I know I'm a hater. I'm just telling you the truth. I, the Bible says we should tell the truth. We should tell the truth. Anybody else who I'm going to ask you to tell you about your team? Anyway, <laughs> Listen to this. I need, I, I, here's the DNA of greatness. Three things really quickly. They're not on the screen. I got to hurry up. I got to finish. I'm getting through the whole message, and I'm not skipping anything. All right, check this out. DNA of greatness. Number one is decision, a decision to live great for God, not to be great for myself. It's a decision to live great for God not to be great for myself. Why aren't we seeing greater works? Why aren't we seeing the healings here like we see in other countries? Uh, in Africa, you see, there's, 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 there's things taking place all over the place. My sister just got back from Africa. She was there for uh, a few months, and it was so good to see her just the other day. I almost cried, but I didn't. Um, but it was so good to see her, and she just, you know, just telling me about the things that, that are taking place in Africa. You know that Muslims are actually coming to the Lord in, in droves. They're actually coming to God. And, and despite what you hear about CNN and, and, you know, and despite what you hear about, about all these things happening, they're actually coming to God. People in Asia are coming to God. They're coming to the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, the master and the savior of this universe. They are getting saved. The gospel is great news. And God, God is doing a great work in the earth today. But we've got to make a decision to live great for God. Not just to be great for ourselves. We've, been, we, we've built plenty of churches. We've built plenty of ministries. We've, we've looked good enough. We've driven big enough cars. We, you know, we talk the talk and we walk the walk and we, we look good. And, you know, I got my iPad with my Bible. I got an Android with my Bible and I look good. But I think that it's time that we go into something deeper, something greater, where you begin to walk in the supernatural power of your God every single day of your life. And the devil runs with his tail between his legs. Amen. We have to have a decision to live great for God, not to be great for ourselves. Number two, bringing what I, what I have for a bigger cause, bringing what I have for a bigger cause. That means that, you know, some, some of us look at our talents. We look at our skills. We look at our education. We look at our experience, or we look at what we don't have. And we think, you know what? I can never be great. I can never, uh, um, you know, I have trouble reading or I have trouble speaking or I, I, I don't have the money to fund this dream. And, and, and I have something. How many of you have something in your heart that you, you just need to see happen? Because God has put it there. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. But you don't have the resource to be able to do it. You don't, you don't, you, you know that you're one relationship away from changing all that? Did you know that you're one experience away from God changing all that? I think that we, it's time that we don't put it into the locker room anymore, that we don't sit on the bench, but we actually get out of the locker room. And you may be hobbling, baby, but just get back in the game. Just get back in the game. Get, get, you, you may be thinking, you know what, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, it's not, it's not about you. I, trust me, I have lived in that place where I made it all about me and I fell on my face. And I fell on my face and I had no way of picking myself up. And you know what? I've done this a number of times. But I'm sick of falling on my face because I'm depending on me. I'd rather fall on my face because I'm depending on him. And I know that he's going to make a way where there is no way. And he does something great in my life 
through, through my life for his glory. I've been there. I've done that. I know what it's like. My wife tells me, it's not about you, I know, but I got to do this. Uh, it's not about you, I know, but I got to do this. I got to do this. Would you just get, your high, get off your high horse and, speaking to myself, I just trust God. How many want to go for greater? Let me tell you just two things really quickly. Going for greater when all you have is less. Now remember, just because you have less doesn't mean that it still can't become great. You may look at your marriage and you say, you know what, my marriage is a lot less than what it was 20 years ago. My relationship with my father or my mother is a lot less than what it was 15 years ago. You might look at your bank account and you might say, you know, I got a lot less money than I've ever had before. You look at your car and it's, it's falling apart and, you know, and all that stuff. And you look at your dream. And you say, man, I could barely see it. It's a lot less than it was a year ago. What do you do when you have less? The book of Genesis chapter 35 has a story about a man by the name of Jacob. And in the scripture... His name is changed to Israel because Jacob means deceiver. And he's on a journey with his wife, and she goes into labor. And the labor is so intense. It's kind of like my wife's. She almost broke my hand when she was in labor. I dare not tell her it's going to be okay because her voice will change and tell me, no, it's not. Anyway, I'm just playing with you, baby. Labor's tough, right, women? Amen? Amen, women? Anybody, anybody labor's easy, women? Uh, it's, it's crazy. When you see a woman in labor, it, it's just crazy. And Jacob's wife is so in, in such an intense labor that the Bible says that she dies. But before she dies, she says the name of her son that she's having. And the Bible says this, after a very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, don't be afraid, you have another son. Rachel was about to die, but with her last breath, she named her baby Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. Here she is, she has this baby, and she gives the baby a name in her pain. She gives the, she gives the experience, she calls out a destiny with the experience that she's living. Oh, how many parents have done that? How many parents have done that to your children? You, 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 you literally have declared a future over your children's children because of the pain that you're in. This is what happened here. Jacob and Rachel are on a journey. She goes into labor. She dies. She calls out, this is son of my sorrow. Benoni. Now I'm going to give you a little secret about myself. My name is not Anthony. That's not my first name. But it's always been the name that I've been called. I mean, it just is. This is my grandfather's name from my mom's side. But my name is actually Manuel. And that is my dad's name. So you, you know who named me, right? My dad. Well, in this story, 
It's the reverse. The woman names the son. Now, this has nothing to, I'm not downing women, okay? Let me just clarify that. But the man, she names the son in her pain. She calls out a destiny in her pain. She declares his future in her pain. And all of a sudden, ben, all of a sudden, Israel, Jacob, his name is Jacob, but it's been changed to Israel, steps into the situation. I could just imagine, like, like this, like, what did she say? Wait a minute. Hold, 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 hold on. Hold on. What, what did she say? Did she say, son of my sorrow? Oh, no, she didn't. And she says, no, he's not son of my sorrow. You see, here's the thing about Benjamin. Benjamin, or, or Israel. Israel had 11 other sons. And up until this point, they have been blessed with their names. Simeon, our God who hears. Levi, attached God or intimacy. Dan means vindicate. Naphtali, he who bears my struggle. Asher means happy. Zebulun, he is my honor. Joseph means increased, and on and on and on. Eleven other children who have received names of promise, of declaration of future, and of hope. And here is this this baby that is born in pain, born in sorrow, and his future is declared by the mom. But the father steps in. Come on, somebody. But the father steps in and says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right to me. That does not sound right to me. I'm going to call him something else. And you see, the thing about it is that God does that with us. You you have been called this, that, and the other. You have called yourself this, that, and the other. Your your past calls you this. It calls you that. And and you know what? And it's nothing but a G thing, baby, whatever you want to call it. But here's the thing is that God calls you, and he doesn't call you and curse you, but he calls you and he propels you, and he calls you greater this morning. He calls you greater for 2015. He calls you greater in your finances. He calls you greater in your marriage. He calls you greater in your destiny. He calls you greater than anything that you are facing right now. He calls you greater. Rachel's last breath curses her son. But the father's breath brings new life. First two, the one, one thing I want to, or two things about this. First is, after this event, Jacob leaves, buries his wife, and the Bible says that he moves on. He moves forward. And I think that there's a lot of people that are remaining trapped in less than because they're just so stuck in the pain and the past of the past. They're stuck in the anger. They're stuck in the frustration. They're stuck at, at how somebody marginalized you or about how you, you, you look at yourself. And, and, you know, here's the thing is you have to find it a time, sometime in your life. If it's, if it's today, if it's tomorrow, if it's in the next 20 minutes, I don't care what. You have to find it a time in your life where you finally just let go and move on forward. How many of you have a cast iron pan? Have you ever burned yourself with a cast iron pan? If you, the whole thing gets hot, right, even the handle, I've accidentally grabbed a cast iron pan, and I didn't just sit there and hold it and say to myself, that is hurting me. It burns. I'm holding it. That's many people in the church today. They've been hurt a long time ago. 
They've gone through an event long time ago. There's something that has gone on in their life long time ago. And they're sitting there and they're holding on to it. And the longer you hold on to it, the more it's burning you and the more it's keeping you from greatness. I dare you to let it go today. I dare you to let it go. Serious. Serious. The time is up. Okay, let's just raise up our hands to God. The time is up. Can we just all let it go? We all got issues, right? We're all dysfunctional. God bless you. Pain is hurting you from living great. Number two, Jacob, before Jacob leaves, he declares a new thing. He declares a new name. And I believe that if we're going to move forward towards greater, you have to move forward by declaring something new. You have to declare something new about your marriage. You have to declare something new about your finances. You have to declare something new about, about you got to say something different. Some of you are saying the wrong things to your children, including me. My kids get on my nerves sometimes. I'm like, kids, you're driving me nuts. I'm going crazy. And, and you know, and, and here's the thing is that what if I just turned that around and said, you know what, you drive me crazy, but I love you anyway. And, and you know what, and I just give them hugs. And I've been trying to do things greater. I've been trying to do things, not, not, not just better, but, but greater, greater. Why? Because I'm bringing glory to God. I want my kids to know the glory of God by how I treat them and how I behave in front of them. Amen? You've got to say something greater. Number two, you've got to seize something greater. Luke chapter 8, verse 43 through 48 talks about a woman who was afflicted for 12 years. She tried everything in her own ability. She tried to change the situation with the money she had, but her story turned out the complete opposite. And finally, she got to a point where, you know what, she had to do something different. It wasn't completely about what she could do, but it was about who was coming into the town who could do something about what she was going through. And so she hears a word. She gets an alert on her iPhone. Jesus is coming soon. I didn't say Android. Jesus is coming soon. And so she says, you know what? I got to get there. But here's the problem. She's looked at as less than. Because of her affliction, she should not be in the public. She's looked at as less than. Has anybody ever looked at, been looked at as less than? Felt looked at as less than? Fill in a room that is great, filled with people, but feel like less than? I mean, I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. And, and here she is. She says, you know what? I have to... I have to get there. And she pushes through the crowd and she looks to just touch Jesus. And when the Bible says that when she touches Jesus, she is healed instantly. And Jesus is just like, who touched me? Like the Bible, one, verse, one version of the Bible says that he felt his virtue leave. Can you imagine if you have the amount of faith to make the virtue of, of God literally be drawn out? I mean, that's some powerful prayer. That's some powerful faith. That's some great faith. That's not ordinary faith. That's not ordinary prayers. And I think it's time to turn it up a notch. And I believe that not only do we have to say something great, but we'd have to seize something great. We have to seize someone great. We have to seize the name above all names, Jesus. Because when Jesus steps into the situation, it doesn't matter how less than you feel, how less than I have, how less than it it looks like. I know that when Jesus shows up on the situation, everything can turn into greater. 
Let me close with this. Where did this all come from? We had um, probably uh, one of the, the, the toughest years of our lives, my wife and I, but one of the greatest years. Um, we lost our grandfathers this year. And um, both, we were both very close to our grandfathers. I'm named after my grandfather, and I, I take that um, extremely, extremely, um, uh, I have great pride in that, that I'm named after my grandfather. Um, and, and we lost, uh, my grandfather is just an amazing man. And you always know the greatness that somebody lives by how they can still influence you even though they're no longer here, right? And so, um, you know, ever since February, I've been just looking at my grandfather, trying to live different. Because here's a man that, that went through the Great Depression. And here's a man that fought World War II the 95th Infantry, my brother and I were just talking about him this week, and it's the 95th Infantry. They make documentaries about those guys. He's a double Bronze Star recipient for, for bravery. Um, and just a, a great man. A great, great man. And, and, you know, I started looking at my grandfather after he passed, and I just started looking at my, my life, and I said, you know what? I want to live want to live greater. I want to do things greater. There's, there's all kinds of people that, that I, I look at and I admire and, and you know, Pastor Dan one, being one of them, my grandfather obviously just amazing man. And he's just inspired me to live greater because of the sacrifices that he's done. Because of the battles he's fought. Because of who he was in this earth. You know, to take that a step further, I think about what Jesus has done. And how his challenge to my life and yours is just live greater. Do it. Just live the way I've intended you to live. To live for the greater glory of God. Not for you, but for him. If he increases in my life and I decrease then the greatness of God shows up but if it's all about me and life then you know what then all we see is raggedy old Anthony who's a Raider fan I love my grandfather you see this up there it says um, the day that he was saved he wrote that in his Bible a couple of places. When I have that Bible, man, I, I, could, I, I could, it's like I could feel when God met with him. I remember the day that he got saved. Because my grandfather, as long as I'd known him, he was a smoker. He always used to smoke. When I wanted to go and play outside, I'd say, Grandpa, Grandpa you want to go smoke? So that we could go outside and play. <laughs> I love my grandfather. That's his Bible. That's him working at a paper mill. And then that's his favorite hat on his casket. My wife's grandfather passed away. Robert's dad, my father-in-law's dad. 
You know what they called that generation? They called them the greatest generation because of the wars that they fought, the adversity they went through, and yet still, with that all, still managed to live life greatly. And I think about what God has done. He sent his son to pay the ultimate penalty, to fight the ultimate fight. He fought the battle of all battles. He defeated hell, death, and the grave. And he did it for you and I, and he paid that for you and I so that we could live life not in defeat, not average, not ordinary, but extraordinary, but supernatural, and but great. Come on, somebody. Give God the biggest round of applause that you could ever imagine. Come on. God is great. He is great. He is great. He is great. He is great. And He paid the price for you. And He paid the price for me to be able to live this life with greatness. Now I know, you can all stand up actually. Now I know, not every moment in life, just like I shared about my grandfather passing on, I know that not every moment in life is an Instagram moment. Don't you love those people? Always on Instagram. In traffic. Or how about the ones that rap? Oh, no, I'm just playing with you, man. I love my four-bar Friday. I love my four-bar Friday. Yeah, I, I love you, Jack. I look forward to that. Okay, I'm serious. We listen to it and the kids bump their heads. and we're like, I know that every moment's not an Instagram moment in life. It's not always happy. Sometimes you feel like less, but as you see what we just talked about today, if you can say something different and move forward, and if you can seize the moment with great faith, you will see the most amazing year of your life. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.